Welcome to Weekdays with Jesus. Today's message is from Pastor John David Mull, and our song at the end is a Christmas song from Juliet Alvey. I've not gotten to go to Europe yet. Uh, I've been I've been to South Africa now, I've been around the Caribbean, I've been down in, in Central America, I've gotten to Canada, been in most of the states of the United States, but I haven't gotten to Europe yet. And one of the places that I want to go is to the Sistine Chapel. I've heard nothing but great things to go in and look up at that ceiling and be overwhelmed with just how incredible it is. And one of the pictures that I want to see is this one. The creation of Adam. I can't imagine Michelangelo laying on his back and painting this thing. Can you? And in this picture, we have God reaching out to Adam. Uh, Michelangelo calls it the creation of Adam. And the idea here is that he is about to receive life. He's about to receive his soul. He's about to receive all that God has for him. He's reaching out to touch man. And you can't see it in this picture, but under uh, God the Father's left arm, there is Eve with him as a gift that he's going to give to Adam. And Adam and Eve are going to come, and they're going to live in the garden, and they are going to take care of creation. They're going to name the animals, and it's going to be beautiful, and it's going to be wonderful. But today, I want to talk to you about that gap. just a little space between the fingers, right? And it doesn't matter how long you stand in the Sistine Chapel and look up, but they don't touch. It just comes a little short. Now, we know that God created Adam, and He created Eve, and He put them in that garden. It was beautiful, but they lost their way. They do what we people do, right? They lost their way, and in so many ways, with that separation from God that comes from our sin, from their sin, it feels like that gap between the two fingers is a lot further away, doesn't it? This morning, I was uh, reading in the news, and I saw the story of a 12-year-old boy, and their family took him to his friend's house. And that 12-year-old boy and his 13-year-old friend found a gun in one of the parents' cars. And that 12-year-old boy is no longer with his family. And then I saw news of the war in Ukraine. And I've gotten to the point where I stopped even paying attention. How about you? It's gone on long enough that I don't even think about it anymore. There's death happening over there all the time. I saw that North Korea is, uh, is, is trying to test uh, intercontinental ballistic nuclear weapons again. And then I look in the mirror and I see the things that I have done and the things that I have been thinking, and it feels like the gap is huge, doesn't it? The separation between our God and this world feels massive feels overwhelming. And Paul comes to us in the text of 2 Corinthians, and he tells us something else. 
He tells us what these kids were trying to tell us, that God has reached out, and He has reached down to you and to me. Behold, the time of salvation is here. You look at what Paul has to say to us. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, Paul's writing to a church that's in turmoil at this time. Paul's writing to this church in Corinth that he established. Paul's writing to a church that after he left has lost its way. These great speakers came in in 2 Corinthians that talked about it. These people who all these people, these incredible orators came in and they started proclaiming a different message. They twisted the, the gospel of our God and that's what tends to happen. Anytime we have a heresy and heresies always start with man trying to protect God who does not need our protection by the way. And they just try to do one thing. And that's what's happening in Corinth. They're mixing things up. But every time you twist one thing from God's word, it gets you on a slippery slope that eventually leads to, did he really come? Did he really live for us? Did he really die for us? Did he really rise from the grave? Does God really reach out to you and to me? Even in the midst of our mess does he reach out to you and to me? And Paul speaks for his voice from the edge, and he says, yes, he does. The time is when? Now. The way that reads, it is meant to read that way. 2,000 years ago, when Paul wrote it, he was telling them the time is and as we read it today, he's telling us the time is now. God reaches out to us. Jesus Christ has come. He has come. He came to be born as one for you and for me. He came to live for you and for me. He came to suffer and die for you and for me. And he came to rise from the grave so that the time is now, now is the time of salvation. It is this moment because God is at work, because God has invested in you and me his love and his grace and peace. In that time when you were baptized, he said, you are mine and I will not let you go. I have reached out. I have made you mine. The time for your salvation is now. And he speaks it to you every moment of your life. The time for your salvation is now. I have saved you from this brokenness. I have saved you from this pain. I have saved you from this world. I reach out to you because our God is good I don't know about you but I wouldn't mind if he'd just pluck me up on out of this world just take me out I, I'm ready I'm, I am ready to be with Jesus for eternity come Lord Jesus let's do this but God keeps saying not quite yet but Salvation is now. 
I save you now, and I work through you to save others now. Just a few verses before this, Paul tells us, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The time of salvation is now. You have been saved, you are saved, and you will spend eternity as one who is saved by a God who reaches out to you, by a God who takes his hand and reaches out so that we can put it on a cross, so that all of our sin can go upon him, all of our sickness can go upon him, all of our grief can go upon him. And there he died for it. And there he rose from the grave so that God the Father can reach out to you. So that Jesus Christ reaches out to you with a nail-scarred hand and he says, I save you from this mess, but I'm going to keep you here for a while. Why? Because I need others to be saved from this mess too. And I'm going to come to them through you. I don't know the whole story of this young man who uh, found the gun and died. But I pray that someone came to him and his family before that and reached out their hand with the love of Christ and let him know that Jesus Christ has come and he has overcome. Because if that is the case, that young man celebrates now in the presence of the Savior I so look forward to being with. We have a job to do. We are ambassadors for Christ. This world, it is broken. This world, it is messed up. This world, it is a mess. Diagnoses that we don't want still come. But we are saved. Now, and God is ready to work through you, when do you think? Go for it. Now. That's right. He is always ready to work through you and me. He worked through our kids this day to share that good news. Matter of fact, they shouted it out. You are an ambassador for Christ, so go and tell it. Jesus Christ is born. Jesus Christ has died. Jesus Christ is risen. Jesus Christ reaches out through us to a lost and broken world. And it's time for us to get to work. Why? Because we are saved. And we need others to know that good news too. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we are a broken people, and we live in a very broken world. And we thank you that you sent your Son to be broken for us. We thank you, Lord, that he reached out his hand to save us. And we thank you, Lord, that he suffered and died and that he rose and that we are saved now. 
But Lord, we have to admit that we've wasted a whole lot of nows in our life. We have spent a lot of our nows on the things of this world, on chasing after the things of this world, on trying to numb ourselves from the things of this world, of not opening our eyes to the people around us who need to know that you love them. We have wasted our nows. Lord, as a matter of fact, we have hurt the people we love. We have messed up our marriages. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have blown a lot of nows. But for Jesus' sake, for him coming into this world, for him being born for us, living for us, suffering, dying for us, and rising in grin, would you forgive us for his sake, we pray. If this is your confession, then say, please forgive me, Lord. Bring us that forgiveness, Lord, and change our nows. Make us truly ambassadors for Christ. Make us people excited to go and share the love that we have received. Out of the forgiveness that we receive this day, make us willing to go and pour it out on others. Lord, use us, we pray in Jesus' name. Juliet Alvey wrote today's Christmas song, and so I thought I'd let her explain it in her own words why she wrote All is Bright. It is a Christmas song that I wrote this year. The reason I wrote it was for a specific event at my church called Christmas Together, and uh, our theme for the event was All is Calm, All is Bright, from the famous line from Silent Night. So um, as I thought about this song I was uh, motivated to get it done for our for our event so that always helps me to get a song done um, and uh, one of the things that my husband who is the pastor at our church um, spoke about at the event was how uh, things are not usually calm and bright and the way he demonstrated this is through a puppet actually and the puppet was very scared because they, he thought he saw some shadow in the darkness over by the stage. And so he had the light person shine a spotlight on it. And it ended up just being one of his friends. And then the puppet realized, oh, that's how uh, you can have something be calm and bright is the light reveals the truth and it shows um, what is really there. And... So that's what Jesus does when he comes into the world as a baby. He is the light of the world, and he is the one who makes sense of everything and makes everything calm and bright. All is calm and all is bright Now that we have seen the light The moment Jesus Christ was
Now that we have seen